Hulk Hogan. I'm showing my age. Yes, come on, some Hulkamaniacs in the house. That was legit, man, back in the day. Yeah. You remember what the three things were? Come on, the three things, all you Hulkamaniacs. The, the prayers, the training, and the vitamins. He'd always like, oh, you little Hulkamaniacs out there. It's about the prayers, the training, and the vitamins. That, that really opened up my prayer life because I'm like, man, if Hulk Hogan is praying and he's training, I have Flintstone vitamins. Bro, I was game for that. Anyway, I realized this is the after-lunch session. So if you're going to fall asleep, it's going to be in this session. I will be offended if I hear you snoring. So I give everyone permission. If you hear someone, see someone, whatever you got to do, flick them in the ear, smack them in the back of the head. We got to keep everybody awake. My man John down here with some coffee. Come on. So uh, hopefully you got some of that. And so, well, hey, let's do this. I realize people are still coming in, but... uh, We're going to jump into this today, talking about coaching that drives the vision forward. Coaching that drives the vision forward. And um, I think next, this next one in the coaching thing, Gary Fowler is speaking. And I'll say this, you need to go to that session because he's probably the best coach I know, okay? I'm going to be at that session. Um, But anyway, I'm sure it's it's going to be good. Well, let's talk about this a little bit today. See, they're closing the doors. Good. Thanks, Dan. Coaching that drives the vision forward. Can everyone see this? You guys are able to see the board. They said, did you bring media? And I said, I brought this Sharpie, okay? So I thought I was going to be in a classroom. I'm like, put me in the big room, huh? Come on, feeling, feeling pretty good. Anyway, glad of this coaching that drives the vision forward. Um, I think, you know, I'll kind of, you know, a coach, one of the things that a leader does is they coach, right? That's, that's what we do. We, we push it forward. In fact, I've, I've uh, told our staff on, a, on occasion that, you know, if, if the church grew itself, if disciples were made easily, they wouldn't need a leader, right? The, the very fact that there is problems is saying that there needs to be leadership in order to move it forward. And so uh, I'll give a little quick, again, for those of you that know me, my name is Conan Stevens. I'm pastor at C3 Church. And uh, we planted the church 13 and a half years ago. It's been kind of cool. We just, just jumped into a newly renovated building, and uh, man, it's beautiful. And uh, we're looking to, to launch um, another campus in September. We've also um, launched a church multiplication, like a church planting network. And so, been a part of planting a few churches there. Got a, got a big vision of planting 100 is the goal. And so, kind of on, on that path only, yeah. Only, come on, Jesus, right? Although I was listening to this author, and he was talking the 10X method. Have you ever seen that? It's the book I'm into right now. And he's like, why are you stopping? I'm thinking, why am I stopping? At, why are we stopping at 100? 10X it, baby. We should go 1,000. Then you, then you question yourself. You're like, Lord, you said that more than all we can ask or imagine, according to your power at work within us. I'm like, why are we dreaming so small, man? Come on. But that's another session. But this session is coaching that drives the vision forward. So let's jump into it. Uh, again, if your organization would move forward on its own, if our churches would move forward, we wouldn't need a leader. And so, again, there are times we feel like it is difficult, and it is, but that's why, that's why you're needed. Uh, that's why, and so I want to kind of ask this, how many senior pastors do we have in the house? So I kind of know, okay, yeah, yeah, great. How many of you um, are executive pastors? Yep, okay, cool, got a few. How about board members? Got some board members in the house? Yeah. How about some staff pastors? You're on staff. Yep. Ministry. How many are like, man, I am, you know, rock solid individual in the church. Come on. You may not hold it. Yeah. Okay. Woo. All right. All of us. So again, I think it, it comes down to, comes down to leadership. It comes down to us coaching toward the vision. Um, 
a couple years ago, I had the chance to go to, uh, to Tanzania. I mean, I know a few people got to go from, from Ohio, and I saw something that was really incredible. I watched uh, a true man of God. He is in a true apostle, um, Dr. Barnabas. Uh, I heard one guy say if they were still writing the book of Acts, he would have at least a chapter of would be his. Okay, and I'm like, yeah. And I remember sitting there, and it, it, it changed me forever. Um, but I watched this incredible, like, man of God who was leading this movement that was literally sweeping the nation. Okay, like you're thinking, whoa. And now they've actually put him over Africa, so there's no doubt this is going to happen. But I heard him speak of this, which we have now adopted here in Ohio, right? Tanzania for Jesus. I'll never forget, I'm in, I'm in a room with, with probably two or 300 pastors. They're like, they're like network conference or district council. And he stands up, and he's, he's like this general. He stands up, and he was a real meek, mild guy. He's got this laugh, oh, 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 oh. But when he stands up there, and he's like, it's like general of God's army. He's like, Tanzania for Jesus. And all these pastors in universe in, in, in just man, flow, and they're like, 10 years of harvest. And he's like, 10 years of harvest. They're like, Tanzania for Jesus. And it was like, it was powerful. The powerful thing was I watched him literally lead this movement with all these pastors. Then a couple days later, I'm sitting at this resort with this pool guy. Pool guy is sweeping the pool. And I go, hey, man. We start talking to him. I said, you go to church anywhere? He goes, oh, yes. I go, where do you go? He goes, I go to the Tanzania Assembly of God. I'm like, really? Now, I just heard the top guy speak the vision. And I go, hey, uh, so tell me about this. He goes, oh, man, we're in, we're in the midst of 10 years of harvest. I go, what does that mean? He's like, every church plants a church. Every believer leads at least one person to Jesus every year. And I'm like, have you guys planted a church? Oh, we planted two this year. Oh, wow. I said, have you led someone to Christ? He goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Next year, we're going to, you know, looking at two per person. Oh, wow. Here's the amazing thing. I watched this. The vision from the top had literally reached where the rubber met the road. This guy was not a pastor. He was average Joe in the church. And I was, I was blown away of the fact of that's why this thing was moving so fast because everyone grabbed a hold of the vision. Okay, what does the scripture say? Without vision, the people perish, right? And so let me ask you this, right? Before we go, how do we coach that drives the vision forward? I want to take a couple moments and talk about what is the vision. Let me ask you this. What is the vision for your church? What is the vision for your ministry? Do you know what it is? Can you rattle it off? Here's what, here's what surprised us. If you walked in your church and you started asking people, hey, what's the vision of our church? They're going to go, uh, to lead people to Jesus, uh, right? Do they even know? So I think many times we're trying to coach people or we're trying to lead people to a destination that is not clear. To what, what, what is the end result? What is the picture that we're trying to paint and so if we, have, we don't have that in mind, then we need to, okay, what are we, where are we trying to go? It's what, Alice in Wonderland, uh, you know, where Alice gets there and there's Cheshire Cat. And she's like, there's two doors. Which way should I go? And the cat says, where do you want to go? She says, I don't know. He goes, it doesn't matter. What do you mean it doesn't matter? <laughs> if you don't know where you want to go, it doesn't matter. So do we understand where we are going? Um, you know, if, if we walked in your church, started asking people, what would they say? I think it's important that we know where we're going because if not, we don't know if, if we're winning or losing. All right? I remember my, my son, he played baseball. You know, my oldest son, 
Yeah, he is A-D-D-H-H-D-D-D-H, okay? I'm coaching his teams. I coached all my kids' teams. I'm pretty intense. Like, I want to win, right? I want to coach to win the game, okay? That's what my goal was. I want to get the best out of these kids. And so my son, I'll never forget, he was always just kind of out there. He just liked playing with grasshoppers, you know, which, okay, that's just him. I'm totally cool with that. Never forget, though, the one time he gets up and he, 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 he got on base and he gets all the way around and he, he touches home plate. He's like, and it was always a hop, you know, it was like when he touched home. And all of a sudden he looked up and the scoreboard goes. He saw, he's like, whoa. It was like a whole new world, right? Like he goes. He's trying to get the scorecard, the scoreboard to change. I'm like, hey, son, come here. He walks over. I go, Caden. I go, yeah. I go, he goes, Dad, Dad, did you see that? I go, what happened? He goes, I touched home plate and the score, we got another, we got another point. I go, well, it's a run. I said, but yes, here's what you did, though. You have to hit the ball and then go all the way, touch all the bases. And if you can touch home plate without them getting you out, you get a run every time. He's like, oh, literally changed the game for my seven-year-old. Now, I feel like a failure as a father, okay, especially one who loves sports and baseball. And I'm like, I totally blew it. So literally, he was the kid. He would get up. He would never fully, he would never fully swing. I forced all my kids who started off right-handed to bat left-handed because they're two steps closer to first base and their percentage is going to be better. Okay, and most pitchers are right-handed. I can go through. But he would, like, check swing, and he would get the first base, and it changed the game. He got home. His batting average was, like, 900, and he never hit the ball of the infield, but he was fast and he was left-handed. He would go run around and touch home plate. Here's the truth. The game changed for him when he understood how to win, Okay. Now I can coach him on a complete different level because he knows why I'm trying to make him a better hitter. He knows why I'm trying to make him a better base runner. He knows why when I give the steal sign, <laughs> why he listens to me because he knows what the win is. I think for many of us, we may be trying to push and trying to coach, but if they don't know where they're going, right, like why, what is the end result? So today I want to talk about two things. The first, I want to talk about clarifying the vision and then I want to talk about coaching to drive the vision forward. Uh, let me ask you this question. Like, what does winning look like for your church? Like, have you ever got done with a Sunday and you're like, did we win? <laughs> I don't even know. Did we lose? <laughs> Most pastors, here's how we know we won. You know, nickels and noses. How many people were in the seats? Attendance and offering. Well, we won or... Oh, I think we lost, or, but what are we counting? Like, what is a win? Because everything shifts, the way we coach changes according to what the win is. Is the win, hey, we had 10 guests this week. Bro, come on, man. That was with three new families that came to our church. Bro, that's a win. Did we have, bro, we had six people give their life to Christ, not only raise their hand, pray the prayer, but we followed up with them, and now we're going to grab coffee with them or put them into our discipleship group. Ooh, okay, what is the, man, this week we baptized 10. We are so excited. What is the win? Because if we don't know the win, how can we coach to that? So understanding what the win is. What is the dream? I would say is it a God-sized dream? Will it take faith to accomplish? So let's clarify this vision, um, you know, I think as, as, as I'll kind of give you ours, for our church, right, we prayed through it, worked through it with our staff and team, and, you know, um, our, our big vision is this for our church, that all of Columbus would know Jesus. So when you walk in our church, 
bam, right there, he's got a big map of Columbus on the wall that all oh, Columbus would know Jesus. I realized something, too, that as a lead pastor, I learned that it's kind of cool. In this last two sessions ago, the guy did an incredible job, he, but he talked about the mandate. And I'm like, oh, he's like, what's your mandate? I'm like, dude, that's the mandate as the senior pastor. That's the vision of our church, the mandate God's given me. So, again, the, all of Columbus would know Jesus, and then everything we do builds around that. So now what are we coaching for, right? Planting churches or campuses surrounding the city. Um, but let's be honest, right? So y- your vision just has to be clear. Now, we had, a, we had a, uh, um, a guy come in, and he was consulting us, and he's like, <laughs> I said, you want to hear our vision? He's like, uh, they're all the same. I go, what? We, no, no, we got a unique one. He said, no, you don't. I go, what do you mean we don't? He's like, if you're following Jesus, it's to reach the lost and make disciples. I'm like, yeah, <clears throat> pretty much covers it. We all got the same vision, right? We all got the same. If you're following Jesus, <laughs> seek and save that which was lost. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples. That is the vision. If we're following Jesus, we're doing his work, are we not? So we just have to make it clear in the eyes of our people. And so vision is the what, mission is the how. So our vision that all of Columbus would know Jesus, our mission is here's how we do that. We do that by loving people to a growing relationship with Jesus. So that's ours. I'm sure hopefully you have one. If not, you need to craft one because this needs to get down in the root of everything that you do and everything that you say. Um, In short, it should be able to be easily memorized, right? Your people should be able to repeat it. They should see it. They should feel it. Right? If you get up there and you're, 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 you know, whatever, sharing a vision that people are like, eh, it's boring. I don't, that's not worth giving my life to. Is it big enough for people to give their life to? Like, we're asking for people to give their very life for something like this. So is it that big? It's got to be big. It's got to be felt. Um, you know, and here's what I know about people. So we have a vision, whatever that clear vision for you, you need to clarify that. It needs to, it needs to sink down deep in, into your people. But then I think, here's what I believe about every person. Every person wants to add value somewhere. Think about your own life. I played on a lot of sports teams, and there was a, maybe a team or two. I was the best guy on the team. I was the all-star. Yes. I played on other teams. I was hoping just to get playing time. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, man, I just hope they put me in. But here's the truth. For me, I didn't care if I was the, got the ball every time or I was the guy that dished the ball to somebody else or played a supporting role as long as I added value. That's all I want. I think that's all our people want, right, is to know that they're adding value. People want to be on a winning team. And so, you know, here's the key, right? If we have a vision, now we need people to help us carry the vision. You know, here's what many of us are doing. Many of us are trying to, you know, and and a lot of times, you know, I say there's three kinds of leaders. There's, you know, doers, there's delegators, and there's developers, okay? And many times if we're the doer, we put everything on our back, and we're like, ah, and we're carrying the vision. I mean, if you look at me, I'm not built to carry heavy things. I know you probably thought I played football. Uh, no, no, I'm not built for that, right? How much weight can I carry? But if I can create handles, so what does coaching help us do? Coaching the vision forward helps us create handles so that other people can help carry the weight with us. So, we have, a, we have churches full of people that are looking for handles, but we've not created any. And because we haven't, they're like, man, pastor, I hate to see a struggle like this. Can I take something off? Well, it's just the ministry. <laughs> no, it's not. Our job, Ephesians 4, 12, is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. 
We're not to do the ministry. We're to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We should always be training and releasing, right, building people up, developing people. And so here's the truth. The bigger the vision you have, the more help you need carrying it. So we have to, we have to create these handles. Um, so again, once we've got a vision, is it worthy enough for people to give their life to? Is it big enough for me, for you, to spend your life on? Is it that big? Like, wow, okay. And then I think once we have that vision, so again, we have to know where we are going. You know, I appreciate um, Andy Stanley's really good at this. He'll, he'll paint a picture for what he's trying to say. So he's like, his, his big tagline is like, hey, their, their vision, hey, we are going to create churches that unchurched people like to attend. That's clear, isn't it? And so here's what I do. Here's standing in front of his people, and uh, I've totally stole this story, and you can steal it this Sunday. Okay? He'll stand up, and he's with his team. He's like, guys, he said, uh, he said you know what, there was this, and he's told the story of some lady in his church. There was, this, there was this mom who brings her three kids to church every week, and her husband is anti-God, nothing about, that would never step foot in a church. He gives her a hard time for going, and all of a sudden, this one, she's been coming for a couple years. Her kids love Jesus. She loves Jesus. She's been praying for her husband, and her husband wakes up and says, hey, you know what? Today, I'm going to church only once. If I don't like this, I'll never go back again, but I'll go once. She's like, oh, now what is this woman praying? Oh, dear Lord. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, oh, Lord. I pray that the parking lot, the parking lot attendant will have a spot for us. I'm, oh, God, please, may, may that right greeter be at the door, not with a plastic smile, but with a genuine smile. Oh, God, I pray that the coffee is fresh. May the band, may they have actually practiced this week and sound decent. I pray, Lord, that you've given my pastor a word from God. Lord, may he have heard from you, right? She's going through all of this. Why? Because that's that dude's first Sunday, right? So now what is it, all, it all ties in to the vision of, of, of what Andy is trying to bring. And so, again, we have to have a clear vision. Do you, can you paint a picture with the vision of, of what you're trying to accomplish so that people can go, oh, I see that. What did he do with that story? That story painted a picture of a certain kind of church. So if I'm a volunteer there, I know what's, I'm like, oh, man, i got to bring my A game. Every Sunday, somebody's first Sunday. i got to bring my A game. So we have to understand the vision. Secondly, let me talk through um, coaching that drives the vision forward. So what does a coach do? I'm going to ask that question. Feel free to throw it out. What does a coach do? Anybody? What's a coach do? What would you say? Support? Coach gives support. Absolutely. Support. Training. Yep. Coach gives training. Very good. Yeah. Ooh, they lead the practices. That's right. Practice, And we all need practice, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. They run the absolutely. Yep. Ooh. Yep. Very good. They bring the value out of people that they don't see in themselves. Yeah. In the back. Ooh. Works for the team. <laughs> works for the team that is given. How many? Some of us are like, can I trade mine in? Okay. Right. But it's true. Works with. I remember I've coached. You know, upward basketball, and some of these like you know, the kids didn't make the school team, but they made this team or whatever. You're like, oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can you? Uh, you know, we've all had that. This is what we're dealt. Yeah. Ooh, motivates each individual to get the best. How many know that each individual may need motivated a little bit different? How many remember the coach Bobby Knight? Yeah, rage monster. Did you know that Larry Bird went to Indiana University at first to play, and he couldn't work, he couldn't play under Bobby Knight, and he went to Indiana, uh, whatever it was, 
the Indiana State, and he takes them to the national championships and lost against Magic Johnson, right? One guy takes the whole team, but he couldn't work for that coach. So a coach, very good, gets the best out of every player. Very good, yeah. Ooh, corrects what they're doing wrong. I'm sure none of us have any of that going on in our church, right, where someone like, oh, they're not getting it. But, yeah, we have to correct. Let me go over here. Yep. Over here. Yep, okay. Yep, Travis. Ooh, doesn't play the game. That's good. That's right. He's playing, playing through his players. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Yep, go ahead. Ooh, that's good. Pulling or drawing something out of somebody else. And so think about your teams. Right? So if you're in leadership, you have a team. If you go, I don't even have a team, okay, then your first job is to get a team, right? You have to have someone to coach. Let's start there. Now, let's be honest, right? Uh, my friend Gary Fowler back here and myself, we planted a church 13 and a half years ago, and there was a handful of people there. And, uh, you know, how many know when you plant a church, you're like, okay, like, like, like I said, this is what we got. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm, this is what we got. So we worked with what we had. We tried to invest and draw the best out of what we had, and that is a challenge sometimes, okay? But I believe this. I believe God will give you enough in this season to get you to the next season. We just got to be responsible with what God has given us. And so, you know, whether you're here in Europe, you're a lead pastor, you're over kids' ministry, you're over small group worship, your job is to drive the vision forward. Here's a couple ways we do that. I think we have to learn to align the gift set with the job description. Have, have you ever been put in a place where, oh, I had a job one time, I hate, like, just talking on the phone for long periods of time. I'm just not a big fan of that, especially when I was younger, it drove me crazy, and so... I had a job as a telemarketer. Why would you put yourself through that? I don't know, but I did, okay? Calling people that didn't want to talk to you, that was difficult. Um, But many of us, we line people up in the wrong gift set. So we have to line up gift set with job description. We have to align the gift set they have with an area where they can add value. Now, Jeannie Mayo used to always say this, I call her the the mother of modern-day youth ministry, she would say, everyone is a 10 somewhere. Everyone is a diamond somewhere. You know, we just have to figure out where we can plug them in. And so uh, a couple of questions, and maybe you're coaching someone, a couple of questions I like to ask is, hey, what are you passionate at? How many know when someone finds what they're passionate at, you don't have to, like, force them to do it, right? If you love to play guitar, nobody has to go, hey, now listen, when you get home today, Make sure you pull out the guitar and play a little bit. No, because you're passionate about it. You know, whatever we're passionate about, it just flows from us, right? I love running. Nobody goes, hey, dude, you should run, right? Because I was like, I like to run. Passionate about it. It's easy. Got another runner right here. How about this? We ask the question, what are you gifted at? Now, what are you good at? Like, what do other people besides your mom say you're good at? My mom still thinks I can win the Boston Marathon. I'm like, mom, you're crazy. Okay. You can do it, honey. I believe it. My mom believes in me, okay? And I need my, I love my mom. She's awesome. But the truth is, what, what are the people around you, what are they saying about you? Okay, yeah. Well, the, what, what, what awards have you received? What accolades have you got that set you up above somebody else in a certain area? What is that? That's showing not only your passions, but your giftings. Sometimes they are not the same thing. We've all had, we've got some worship leaders here. You ever had that person that shows up? I want to join the worship team. You're like, oh, Lord. Right? They can't sing on tune, but they can't hear it because they're tone deaf, so they think they're amazing. 
And you're like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, can I sing a special? You're like, uh, you're special, but you can't sing, right? Like, no. Why? Because their passion and their giftings, they may be extremely passionate about it. That's why we love watching like American Idol, you know, back in the day with those judges that somebody gets on there, they think they're the next whatever, and then they're so horrible, and you're like, can they not hear it? But I thought, they've had people around them their whole life. They go, you're amazing. No, you're not. Okay? We need people to speak truth to us, right? That's part of a coach's job. But uh, we, have to, we have to realize, okay, passion and gifting. So I think, too, as we're coaching people, right, we got what are they passionate at? What are they gifted at? Lord, help me to put them in a right seat where they thrive. You know, I've been in seats before where, like, I'm not the best at it, and I'm so, I don't want to let my leader down. And then what happens? I'm killing myself, and I'm hurting the team, but I don't want to let them down because I look up to them. You ever had that person underneath you, and you're like, oh, this is going to end badly, right? And a, a true leader, a coach steps in and goes, hey, I think there's a better place for you. And if you've ever had to move someone off of your team, I would encourage you, don't just move them off your team. Try to move them to some other place. That's a little easier. Hey, I think you best fit. I think you could best move our church forward here instead of here. This may be more stage time, but this is where you can benefit the body of Christ, and I think it's, it's your wheelhouse. So uh, I would say this too. Don't just, as we're coaching, here's another thought. Don't just delegate, develop. Develop. Here's where I think we go wrong. Many times as leaders, we're just like, hey, man, uh, can you take care of the kids' ministry? Great. <laughs> They're like, ah. Uh, are, are we developing people? I think in leadership, we can either delegate a task or we can develop a leader. We delegate a, a task by telling someone how to do it uh, or, or telling them, yeah, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do this, this, and this. Can you do that? Great, go for it. We've just delegated that. But there's something different when you are developing someone. Right? You are trying to get them to do what you have done. Um, you know, you can tell someone, you know when you're delegating to someone, when they come back to you with every question and constantly ask permission. That's when you know you're delegating. So some of you, maybe you've, you're try, you have a team member and you're trying to get them to move in a certain area and they come back, hey, uh, can I use uh, the black Sharpie marker or the red? Okay, yeah. Hey, can we do cookies or does it have to be goldfish in the nursery? Okay. Hey, can we do, and all of a sudden we become this hub. Well, if everyone is pulling on us, guess what? The organization, the church can only move so far because we are a delegator, right? We've moved from doer to delegator. That's a little bit better, but we have to move to developer. So we have to get these leaders, we have to coach them to a place where they take the authority. They t- we have to give away responsibility. We have to give away authority, Talk about that in a little bit. But that's difficult to do sometimes. But we have to give them that so they know how to run. I think one of the greatest developing questions you can ever ask, and it's so simple, if somebody, the next time your team member comes to you and they say, hey, what do you think we should do about this? If you answer their question, you are a delegator. You will never develop them as a coach. You're never going to train them to grow on their own. We have to, here's what developing does. It causes them to think on their own, it causes them to begin to think like a leader. We need to get those people we're leading to think like a leader. Here's a great question. It's so simple question. When they come and go, hey, man, this and this, pastor, what should we do? And you say, what do you think? That's so simple. That is one of the greatest developing questions you can ever ask. It's so simple. 
pastor leader in this room, the next time someone comes to you and asks a question, ask that question first. Now, what are you doing? You are causing them to go, oh, because we have made it easy for them for so long. What do you think? Um, you know, and, you, and here's what will happen. Here's why. Here's, and then when they tell you, you're going to see where they're at. Do they understand or are they focused here? You know, are they just looking through their lens or do they look through other people's lens? You're going to be able to tell their mentality. You're going to be able to tell where they're coming from, the lens that they're looking through by asking that simple question, what do you think? And then they share it with you. Here's what you're trying to find out. How do they think? Do they think like a leader? Do they think like a manager? Do they think like a doer? Do they not even think? (laughs) Are they a mindless minion? You know, do they have leadership potential? Man, there's been times, here's the crazy thing. If you're making all the decisions in your organization, you may have some incredible gifted leaders that are sitting there that have never been tapped into because you've never simply asked. And by you asking them, sometimes I've been in meetings before and it's quiet and all of a sudden they'll go, hey, what do you think? And here's this person who sat there the whole time and they will spill gold. And you're like, bro, where did that come from? They've been sitting there the whole time and they've been untapped potential. So by simply asking the question, what do you think, is a simple way to coach people, right? We're going to learn what they think. We're going to learn, um, you know, and so again, you follow that up. What do you think? You're hearing how they think, and then you follow that up with, why do you think that's the best option? Usually when someone comes to me and they're like, what do we do? I go, what are the options? That's another great question. What are the options? Now, it's easy to think through one or two, maybe three options. Who was, I think it was one leader, I think Dr. Sam Chan, he says, I have people come with five options because five options is difficult, right? They're like, oh, oh, it's so hard to come up with that many options. But you're, you're challenging these people you're developing to think at a different level, right? Like, okay, wow, yeah, yeah, okay, this, this. They may even think outside the box. The first couple are easy. You know, we, we say this to a lot, uh, we've, we, we've taught with this where, um, you know, we have people that come to us. Maybe some of your leaders come to you with all the problems. Instead of saying, hey, you're never allowed to come to me with a problem unless you have two to three solutions. Now, what have you done? You're teaching them. What are you doing? You're coaching them. You're coaching them when they come. How many know anyone can spot a problem? Hey, uh, pastor, there's a toilet's clogged and it's overflowing in the men's room. Thank you, Captain Obvious. So what do you think we should do about it? Oh, boy, we should probably get a plunger. That's a great idea. Do I need to do that or will you? Oh, I, I think I will. And that's a great idea. I appreciate it. Hey, next time, you know where that plunger is now? Great. Dude, just go get it done. It's your church, man. You're part of this team. Okay, right? So people show up with answers or show up with questions, and we, we don't just jump to give them answers. Make them think. And again, what do you think is the best option? And then they tell you, and then you say this, Why? Now, why am I asking these, all these questions? Because I am coaching them, right, to try to get them to think, to try to get them to lead, to try to get them to take responsibility, to, to begin to see it different. And so, uh, man, how would, and then another question I like, hey, okay, that's the best option. How would you go about doing this? So what am I doing? I'm walking them through the whole leadership process of seeing a problem, identifying solutions, choosing the best solution, and then how and when to get this thing done. Now, what have you done? You've just coached them. Sometimes I think we get, you know, wow, I don't know if I have. Can I coach? Man, just asking great questions, you know, can coach. The what, the why, the how. 
And, you know, we're trying to get them to think for themselves. Um, you know, what problems can they solve on their own? I'll say this too. You know, when you're coaching your team members at your church, we're trying to get them. I can tell when people have switched over from, hey, Conan, hey, I really enjoy your church. Or they'll go, man, I really love our church. I'm like, yes. When they're like, your church, your church, it's not their own. We have to get our people, especially those that we're coaching, to buy in. Hey, man, this is your church. So I want you to know, when you walk by, when you walk through the parking lot and you see a piece of paper, bro, it's God's house, man. It's your church. What do you do? You pick it up. You don't go, man, somebody should pick that. Pastor should pick that up. I promise you if I walk by it, I will. And our staff better. <laughs> They'll look for other employment, right? But, like, we got to pick it up. Why? Because there's ownership that happens, okay? And on vision. So, again, we are coaching people toward a vision. Now, have you ever had those people that come up to you and they're like, Pastor, I think we should have an underwater basket weaving class for teens. Meets on Tuesday night. And you're like, what? Okay. And some well-intended people have come with something like so far out in left field. And how I many you know if you expend energy on that, right, it's going to drain everything. And so, um, you know, if your vision and your mission is clear, your structure of how you do these things, your system is clear, you can ask questions like, hey, how do you see that fitting into what we're doing? They're like, oh. Talk some people out of it. They're like, I don't think it does. You know, I think you're right. <laughs> so maybe God is asking you to do that. Can I just pray that God would bless you to do that? Bring it in. Let me pray for you right now. Lord, bless them as they go with this underwater basket weaving class for teens. Pray that you give them favor, right? Okay, go, right? Go do it, man. God has called you to do it. So again, I think coaching, right? We're coaching toward the vision. Another key thing is we have to learn to give away authority. Let me just, let me just park on this a moment. I think this is difficult. Have you ever been there before and someone's delegated something to you and you walk away with like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be amazing. And then all of a sudden you have a million questions like, what? Oh, do we have a budget for this? Like, am I allowed to paint the walls? <laughs> Can I? Uh... I remember one time I'm in, I'm in, uh, I was a youth pastor and, you know, I went, I'm like, man, we need a van. We need a van to carry these kids around. And so I got this van for like a thousand bucks. You know, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be our van. It's going to be the youth ministry's van. I go, can I paint it? They're like, yes. I'm like, we're going to paint it. Now, my idea of painting it was completely different than what they had. Finally, they're like, whoa, 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 how are you going to paint it? And I'm like, I'm going to give every kid a paintbrush after youth. Don't paint the glass. Don't paint the lights. Don't paint. And we did it. It was the most ridiculous van you've ever seen in your life. Big dodge on the front. We put don't dodge Jesus, right, on the front. It was awesome. These kids went to town, right? But my idea was completely different, and I had to go back and get full authority and permission. So here's what I'm saying. When we give authority away, are we, you know, here's a couple authorities that we can give. Hey, uh, man, I'm, I'm putting you in charge of whatever, kids' ministry. I want, you, I want you to go, and here's the authority you have. you got to make it very clear. I want you to research and recommend. So they go away, and they research. Oh, and they come back. They're like, I think we're going to go. My recommendation would be, here's the three curriculums I looked at. I think we're going to go with the orange curriculum. And I'll be like, why do you think the orange is the best? Man, the orange is the best. I think it fits what we're doing. And da, 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 da. Okay, okay. How much does that cost, right? Because they would come back and we'd look at all of it. Okay, okay. And we would make a decision. They researched it and then they recommended it. You know, another would be this. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm going to go. I want you to go. You do the research. You recommend. And I'm going to give you the responsibility to act, right? Here's the boundaries. You have, you have $2,000 to spend. That's your budget for this year. 
I want you to go research it. I want you to come back with a presentation. Tell me what you're doing, and then go do it. Now, what have we done? What have I done there? I've given away authority. I think many times we, in our coaching, we hamstring other leaders. They're never able to run at the level they could because they don't understand the level of authority that they have. So, as a leader, you need to give away more authority. Now, is that scary? It is. So, when you're giving authority away, don't give too much at once. Let this person prove themselves, right? I'm not going to say, hey, you know, I'm going to give you whatever and give them too much and they they just crash and burn, okay? And so... But I think, yeah, but through, through authority. Uh, another way that we coach, and we may not realize this, though, is we coach through our culture. What is the culture? The culture of your church, and every church has one, is the feel. It's the how things get done. It's what's allowed. It's what's not allowed. Uh, it's the feel, right, of that. All of this, you know, in a healthy culture, it should move toward the vision. Um, our, let me hear this. Our culture coaches people in our absence, right? So it coaches people in our, in our absence, that even when we're not there, our culture is driving people, right? Uh, man, a man who's invested in my life, Bishop David Thomas, right, up in Youngstown. He's got a big church. Man, he's an incredible man of God. He's like such a man of honor. I got to spend a few hours with him one day. We walk into his church on like a Tuesday, and all of a sudden, there's the man, he's the janitor. He's like, pardon me for a moment, Conan. And he walks over there, and I love this guy's name, Bill. He's like, Bill. He's like, oh, pastor, hey, hey. He's like, Bill, I just want to thank you. You know what you do? Dude, you keep this place looking so clean and amazing. I want you to know that you honor God with what you're doing, that God is pleased with you, and I just want to thank you for your hard work. Now, here's this guy, like, he's almost on the edge of tears, and I'm watching this going, dude, this is awesome. Right? What was he doing? He is from the, from the top down. He's giving honor. Now, he's in a board meeting, Pastor Thomas, and one of, his, one of his campus pastors or somebody said something a little bit cynical in the board meeting. Here's what Pastor Thomas does. Stops the meeting. We don't do that here. And, uh, yeah, that will not be tolerated. Is that understood? And this guy's like, eh, <laughs> Okay, let's carry on. Now, if the guy does it again, he's going to be looking for another place of employment. But what did he do? The culture was trying to get hijacked. He said, boom, that is not what we do. If he'd allowed that, it would have been a part of the culture. He didn't allow it. What we allow becomes part of the culture. We have to address it, good and bad. We, as the leader, you are the keeper of the culture. Chief culture officer, that's what you are, because your culture is shaping people. Okay, and so our culture shapes people. Even when we're not there, it is, it is shaping people. And we can literally coach through our culture. And so the cultures we have created or allowed are either pulling us or pushing us away from the vision, right? It's pulling us toward the vision or it's pushing us away from the vision. Um, culture, again, coaching when you're not there. So it's how, again, how people operate, what things are dealt with. Um, is your culture pulling you forward or is it stagnant? Uh, we are the ones that control that. And so, looking at my time here. Okay, I want to give you, I want to give you kind of a framework uh, on, on simply how to, to kind of coach people. Um, you know, I would say this, right? Our, our core values, I know in our church, are huge. We're actually going to go through those Monday at our staff meeting of like, hey, just to remind everybody, here's who we are, here's how we operate, here's how we flow. I believe as a leader, and you're coaching the vision forward, here's your job. 
It's, our role is to simply simplify. Think about it. That's your role. Simply simplify. As a leader, my job is to simplify things, to give people handles so that they can carry the vision. Right? Um, you know, our church, man, the, the church world is moving so fast. Speed and complexity are two of the greatest challenges of leaders. Everything is faster and far more complex than it was 10 years ago. And so our team, right, we have to help our team think on their own for the organization, find the best answers. And so, um, and I put this down, the greatest proof of your leadership effectiveness is found in your absence, not in your presence. So if we have done a good job developing people, coaching people, it will be seen when we're not there. Let me ask you this. You know, one, one thing we say in our culture is what happens if you get hit by the milk truck this week and don't show up? Does your ministry keep moving? Does it go on as well or better, even if you're not there? If the answer is no, then we need to begin to, we're not developing anyone. We're just delegating some things, okay? And so, again, our job is to simplify. I remember coaching Little League baseball, you know, peewee basketball, whatever, like with my kids, and I had to think through every movement. I'm like, okay, I, I boiled it down to what are the core basics of the game that I have to teach, you know? rebounding, dribbling, passing, shooting. If I can teach those four things to these kids, okay, that's what they need as a seven-year-old, okay? And then I had to think through every, how do I put this in steps where it's easy, right? Line up, right? right. How, how, do I, how do I put these things in place where it's simple, it's easy, it's obvious, it's, it's a next step? So as, as leaders, as coaches, we have to think through this. Like, how do we simplify everything? How do we make it easier for people to grasp and walk it out? So let me give you um, coaching to the vision. I'm just going to give you three simple steps. I'm actually going to use my whiteboard. Come on, somebody. So three steps. Um, three steps. You're like, how do, I, how do I simply coach people? All right, the first thing I'm going to say is, is information. I'll put them all so you guys can have them, and then we'll, we'll come back to them. So information, experience, coaching. I break down the coaching. So this is just a framework. I know Gary I, I, in the next session is going to talk through frameworks. I would encourage you to be there. He's got some good ones that when you understand frameworks, it, make, it simplifies coaching where you're like, dude, that's easy. I can walk through that. Bah, bah, bah. So here's what we do. Uh, people are like, well, I don't know how to develop somebody. Okay, here's all you hear. It's really easy. You just got to do three steps. Okay, what's the, how do I develop somebody? Here it is. First thing is information. Here's what information is. You know, maybe it's uh, kids check in at our church. We go, oh, hey, man, we're so honored that, man, you're here and you're, they're, they're taking a test drive with our team is what we call it, a test drive through our kids check in. And we say, great, man, hey, let me just teach you. Here's, here's kind of a job description. Here's what we're asking of you. Here's the steps we take. Here's how our computer systems work. Here's how it prints out the stickers. One goes on a kid's back. The other goes to the parents so they can check their kid out. Yeah, what am I doing? We're giving information. Here's what has to be done. Here is the to do. Here's how we want you to do it. Um, you know, and then with that information too, we always tie in here too. Here's why. I think one of the biggest things we miss in coaching is the why. When we understand the why, that's where the passion cord is hit. If they don't understand why we're doing this, you know, we walk through this, and I just want you to understand this, you know, kids check in, that, you know, blah, 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 here's how it all operates. You understand the information? Yeah. You have any questions? No? Okay. Well, I want you to understand this, though. When those parents come through that door, especially guests, man, their most prized possession 
is that child. If that child does not feel safe, right, if, if there's not an energy here, if they get afraid, right, they may never put that child in our kid's space. They'll never hear Jesus. The parents are never going to go in the sanctuary. Like, we may lose them. This is how important what you do is. Do you understand that? There are lives at stake, and you are the first line that people are coming through the door, and they're going to see you. Like, oh, you, this is an incredible responsibility you have. <sighs> you up for it? <sighs> Yeah, why? Because you're going to be responsible for people finding Jesus, their whole family. And if, Because if the kids have an amazing time, guess what? They come back. If the kids have a horrible time, the parents may have loved the preaching and the worship, but they're not going to come back. That's how important what you do. Whoa, we just attach the why to the what. So we give information, right? And we do all that because there are 2 million people that, in Columbus that don't know Jesus. 2 million people, right? That, that push it toward the vision. All goes to the vision. So information. So you give people information, then we move to the next one. The next one is this, experience, okay? Experience is we got to give them experience. How do we learn? We learn best by doing. So we do. We're coaching people. They know what to do. How many know I can, whatever, I can watch, you know, piano YouTube all day and learn about all the skills, but until I actually play the piano, I'm really not going to get any better. Okay, it's through the experience that I'm, my, my, my learning is going to gain. And so this is the doing of ministry. People learn best by doing. So here's what you need to do. Man, never do ministry alone. Always be training someone. Bring them in. Bring them in. Who was it? One of Andy Stanley's podcasts, he's talking about this judge who had like four interns, and they're in the room, and here's what he would do. A very important phone call would come in. They're like, should we leave? He goes, No take notes, and he turns on the speakerphone, and the guy turns his chair around, and he's having this conversation with the speakerphone, you know, did it like big stuff, these, these guys are all writing it down, oh. and then he, Andy Stanley's in the room, right, and all of a sudden he goes, boom, he gets off the phone, he hangs it up, and he goes, what did you learn? To the interns, they're like, oh, we learned this, we learned how you handled this, wow, that was great how you did this, and he's like, yep, yep, expound on that, okay, yep, yep, and did you know I did this, or like, we didn't even see that, what's he doing? He's teaching. He's teaching. I think for whatever reason, pastor, you go to the hospital, somebody should go with you. Take somebody with you, right? You're, you go travel to a conference, take somebody with you, right? These are opportunities that we have to bring someone behind the scenes, let them, let them real-life situations. You know, we do something at our church, you know, we're using like lead, we call it lead lab. So we take a handful of leaders that have the potential to be in full-time ministry. They may be our future church planners, I don't know. But we take them, I walk with them for one year, they meet at our house, they meet at my house once a month, they have a book to read, they have a project, but we're, we're starting to talk like real life ministry stuff. Because how many know you can't learn a bunch of that in Bible college? There's some stuff, right, you're like, oh, I didn't learn that. Right? And so uh, but we have to take them behind the scenes. Let them, here's what my thought process was. Let them work through your framework. Um, and then we got to let people spread their wings and fly. Uh, I love, again, Ephesians 4.12. Our, our job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so information, experience, and then the coaching. So let me just walk, break down the coaching a little bit. Um, you know, I'm going to go before, during, and after in the coaching. So before. Right, when I coach my little kid's basketball team, I'm like, all right, guys, 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 Now, that player over there, number 42, he's got an incredible shot. He doesn't have a left hand. He can only go to the right hand, right? He, he can't, you, he's not very good. With, so here's how I want you to stop him. So I'm coaching my team. I'm like, uh, before the game starts, I'm drawing up plays, reminding them of the game plan. Uh, you know, one thing we do before our Sunday services, and this is just simple. Uh, this is another framework. 
We call it VIP, okay? Vision Information Prayer. So every one of our teams, worship team, greeting team, cafe team, kids team, they have a huddle. All right, what are we doing? You know, and then it's vision. Guys, don't forget why we're doing this. We'll tell a story of someone who gave their life to Christ. You know, man, I'm going to tell one on Monday. I'm like, dude, listen, I talked to this grandmother in the hallway and her... Yes, Lord. We talked to my, my grand, this grandmother in the hallway, and he, he, she brought her grandson, the kid's dad. I don't even know where he is. The mom is a stripper, is never at home. The kid's so afraid he will eat nothing but chips because he thinks he's going to die. He's got all kinds of issues because he's been neglected. He's been raised at some strip club on a floor somewhere, just like that's where he, and his grandmother took it, take him to church. He was so terrified, and he walks out. He goes, Grandmother, I loved it. Why? Because you heard the message of Jesus Christ. Now, what's going to happen? You best believe I'm going to go to our kids' workers and go, it's because of you, man, that this kid is hearing Jesus, and he's coming. To, he's so excited to come to church because this is the first place that he's ever feeling loved. Now, what is that? Vision. You felt that a little bit, didn't you? Like, oh, why? Because it's real. So those stories that happen, you need to capture those, and you need to bring those to your team. Vision, and then you say, okay, guys, here's how this is going to work out. This is a pre-huddle. Vision, information, here's what's going to happen today. You know, I always, my guys always come to me, and they're like, uh, what kind of prop do you have worked up for this week? I was like, well, I need a catapult built. No, I'm just kidding. You know, I need you to, okay, we're going to wheel this out. Here's how it's going to happen. We go through the information, and then we pray. Hey, guys, bring it together. Any prayer requests? What do we got? You per, any personal prayer requests? Great. We pray over those. Boom. Vision, information, prayer. But we need to coach people uh, prior, prior, and then we need to coach people during. Now, let's be honest, right? We're coaching people during, and uh, nobody wants to fail. I don't like failing. You don't like failing. And maybe we've watched people before, and they are killing it. You need to be on the sidelines like, and then you may see others and they're like oh bro they're about to go down hard oh and you got to walk over there and you don't want to crush them because they're doing their best not to let you down as a coach I may have put them in the wrong place as a coach I may have not given them all the information as a coach so here's how it works if something fails it's on me as the leader dude my, that was mine dude I'm sorry I didn't set you up for success if they succeed it's all them Bro, I am so proud of you. You just killed that. I just want to say, I just want to applaud you. Congratulations. Dude, you, man, what you did, and when we, when we bring that, you know, uh, man, words of encouragement, be very specific. Man, the way, that, you know, you made people feel so welcome in your smile. I just, want, I just want to say thanks, man, when you're greeting people. So coaching, if you see them struggling, and, you know, as a leader, we want to prevent a crash and burn, you may walk over and go, hey, man, how's it going? Hopefully they go, not good, if it's not going good. Oh, and you can auto, you can correct it mid-flight. Mid, mid if they don't own that, then you say, hey, you got any questions? If they're still not going there, if they're not biting, going, hey, I see this. Hey, I think, you know, you're doing well at this. Ah, let's turn it a little bit here, and then I think it's going to go well. Oh, okay, thanks, right? We don't want anybody to crash and burn. So during, we need to help them, keep them on track. And then I would say afterwards. Right, so information, experience, after the whole thing happens, this is probably the, one of the best times to coach, right? So you walk away. Here's a couple questions. Hey, man, what would you think? Oh, dude, I, whew, I thought it was good. What did you like the best? Oh, man, I really like this. Hey, where, what did you find yourself struggling with? Oh, oh, this. Here's a great one. What questions do you have? You have any questions? 
yeah, like, what do I do when, okay, I'm a greeter, and all of a sudden someone pulls up, and there's a lady getting out with a wheelchair, and I got a, a mom, single mom coming in, and I'm trying to hold the, like, what do I do? Okay, let's talk order. Okay, how, who, who gets help first, right? Walk through that. What questions do you have? Here's another one. What did you learn? These are all great coaching questions. What did you learn? Oh, man, I learned this. Yeah. And then that's the time for you to, um, you know, here's another question. What improvements could we make? Here's the great thing. When you bring someone in from the outside and they have fresh eyes, and they may give you tips or things you never even saw. And then, um, you know, again, feedback. And this may be a time where you go, man, listen, anytime you're giving feedback, I usually use the sandwich method. You give them, hey, here's what you did amazing. Here's what you need to work on. <laughs> here's what you did amazing. Right? Like, hey, you know, encouragement, encouragement. Correction in, in the middle, right? And so uh, that's where most of the adjustments are made. So today, and I'll, I'll give a couple moments for questions, but get a clear vision. Again, if you don't know where you're coaching them toward, it's never going to happen. Clear vision of where you're going. Establish a healthy culture that will continue to coach whether or not you're there. Give clear lanes of authority and job descriptions, and then coach them to the vision. How do we do that? Through questions, right? Questions are incredible. Why? We're trying to get leaders to think on their own. When they answer the question, they're going to identify themselves as a leader or not. And so, again, coaching moves the vision forward. So, what's some questions? As you're talking, you're like, we got five minutes left. What are some things you go, oof, I got a question. Some of you in this room may have the answer for that person. Um, yeah, any, any questions? Again, I'd say this. So, the next session, I know Gary, who's our... Our executive pastor, he's probably the best coach I know. He is, he's going to walk through some, he's got a bunch of frameworks that he uses with our staff. And we walk through. Yep. Good, good, yeah. So how do, we, how do you maintain a culture, right? A culture, culture is established and maintained by, by the heroes you make, right? The things you celebrate, right? So think about this. You want to change the culture? Who stands up on your mic and t who do we celebrate? Man, we, so one thing we do with ours is, I'll use an example, baptism. Here's how we keep this, this culture in the right way. Baptism. So, dude, this, I'm going to give a proud dad moment. Okay, my 16-year-old son, here's that we roll at our church. If you lead someone to Christ and you disciple them, you baptize them. So there was this 9-year-old. My son, is, he's, he is a small group leader of the first and second grade boys, and one of these kids gave his life to Christ. He's been in my son's group for a year now. So every Sunday, my son's pouring into him. He's getting baptized. He goes, I want cross to baptize me. Oh. So there in the tank, kids pastor, my son, baptizing this kid. It was an awesome moment. Here's what we celebrate. We celebrate little Jimmy who gave his life to Christ, and he's being baptized today. Hey, give it up for Jimmy. And we want to celebrate Cross because he's the one who discipled him. Now, what have we done? We just made a hero out of Jimmy and Cross. We celebrated that. So now people in their minds, they're going like this. Oh, that's a win. Oh, that's how you win. Oh, that's the scoreboard, right? So the things we celebrate, the, the heroes that we make, I think, are, are huge. And, you know, we actually do this. I would say, and my executive, Gary, may in this next session, we have, we have frameworks that we walk through. So we're asking our staff, like, who are you pouring into? 
right now. So they every month, every month, they got to come through and show who their rock stars are that are developing into higher level leaders. We're like, they have to put their faces on a board <laughs> on the big screen. Who are you developing? Oh, man, this guy, this lady, this guy, they are killing it. Here's what they're doing. Great. What do you think? Okay, we're trying to move people because here's what happens. As your church and everything grows and expands, the leadership base has to expand or it will never, it will never move forward. All right, so... Any other, yeah, good question, though. Any other, any other questions? We've got a minute and a half. Yeah. Yeah, one book I've read uh, that I would recommend. Two, okay, a couple of good ones. I, um, I'll throw a couple out. I read one called The Power of Moments, which I think there was a breakout session on that. And it talked about capitalizing on those moments, and there's power, in, and we as leaders can create moments in our kids' lives. We can create moments in our leaders' lives that when you think about your life, you think about, you think about the, the high moments of your life, right? You're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. So why not? What would happen if the church became the best at making those? That was a huge one. Another one is called um, Never Split the Difference, and this is... Both these are secular books, actually. This guy is like a, he's a hostage negotiator. Oh, my word. And he walks in how to negotiate. It blew my mind. I use some of this stuff on my kids all the time. So uh, I'm like, bro, you know. And then I, I love my, it's called uh, Never Split the Difference. Uh, Craig Rochelle, actually, he's the one that recommended that. I read that. I thought, bro, that is, that is, that is good. Uh, yeah, those would be a couple of the, um, yeah, leadership I've been reading a lot of spiritual stuff lately, so. But, yep. Anyway, all good. Yep. <laughs> ah, okay. Yes, I normally have a big adventure every year. Last year, what? Swam Alcatraz, raced the farthest canoe kayak race in the world. And for that, you know, yeah, so I've done a bunch of those. But this year, I'm actually kind of, uh, my biggest adventure this year is I'm going to marry this lady right here. On the corner, so uh, yep. So that's my adventure this year, man. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And on that at two o'clock, I'm gonna close with a word of prayer. Jesus, we love you, God. We thank you for who you are, Lord. I speak blessing and favor over these leaders. I pray in Jesus' name, God, that you would just empower them. May they may they learn to be developers. May they learn to coach, God, and raise up other leaders so that we can see the kingdom of God move forward in power. I speak life over them. I speak blessing over them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless.